0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 116 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for being here today. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and before I introduce today's guest, you know I love printing. And I want to share that knowledge with you. I got a lot of it, so I got to start sharing it. Uh, If you go to thequickiepodcast.com, I put together a little guide on what to check your file for before you send to a printer. Now, this is for experienced designers, but also junior designers, and it goes through the top things that are often forgotten when you send a file to the printer. Now, if you miss these things, it could cost dollars, it could cost time, and ultimately, that gets expensive on both fronts. So go to quickiepodcast.com and you can get that free guide. Today's guest is Josh Sullivan. He's the founder, creative director, and one of the designers at Fried Design Co., Josh says that Fried Design specializes in design for products of vice. He'll let him explain that. Before Fried, Josh was the marketing director for a large brewery in his area. He was also a senior art director for an ad agency. Now, of course, we kick it back to childhood and Josh's creative childhood, but he tells us about how his first dabbling in design was trying to get into the music industry, Around that time, the industry didn't feel so hot, so he made a U-turn and doubled down on design. We also talk about something called the Austin Screen Printing Co-op, which I thought was super cool. Josh also tells us about a project that he was a part of that, after thousands of dollars were spent on some travel and photo shoots, um, a direction change was called, and his original idea was shot down. Yeah. Stinger. Tells us about that story. He also mentions a tool that he uses that has actually never been mentioned on the podcast before. Took 116 episodes for this tool to be dropped. Josh is a super fun guy and was actually drinking a beer while we were chatting. Super jealous. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest from Fried Design Co., Josh Sullivan. Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie?
0: Josh Sullivan, what's cooking today, man?
1: How's it going? I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. I'm so happy to have you. Are you ready for a Quickie? (laughs)
1: <laughs> absolutely i love that you ask people yeah. that that cracks me up every time interview derailed <laughs> 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 um
0: i'm gonna start with the hardest question first so briefly tell the listeners about yourself
1: uh yeah my name is josh sullivan i am the uh founder um main designer creative director whatever wear of all the hats many of the hats at fried design company uh in springfield missouri mm-hmm. um we do uh, we like to say that we specialize in vice, uh, meaning that we do a lot of, um, of really anything in the vice kind of category. So lots of beer, booze, cannabis, restaurant, uh, bar type scene, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of extreme sports, uh, music, that kind of stuff. All the fun stuff. That's what that's we do. cool.
0: <laughs> that's really cool, man. And one, one person team or?
1: No, there's, uh, there's three of us. Um, there's myself, um, Gus, who's an illustrator, um, Mm -hmm. all the way from Brazil. Um, and, uh, and Brian, who's a uh, designer here. Um, it's just, it's just us three.
0: Yeah. And Jordan Kuhn, our uh, mutual friend also said you were an ordained priest. Is that true? (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, that's definitely not true. He's just a filthy liar. Jordan.
0: I'm disappointed. (laughs) Um, how long has fried fried design been going for?
1: Um, I guess Fried has been open for just over a year and a half now. It would have been uh, July of last year, whenever we were official. I mm-hmm. guess you know, Springfield business license official.
0: There you go. And what were you doing before starting Fried? Uh,
1: before Fried, I was uh, I was doing a little bit of freelance, but I was also the full time marketing director for Mother's Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a a pretty large regional brewery here. Um, and before that I was a senior art director at, uh, the Alchemedia project, which is a big, um, a big ad agency here locally, um, that specialized, they do a lot of, uh, food service work, mm-hmm. um, before that random title holder, numerous design jobs.
0: You've worked your way through. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you could say that. Yeah. yeah that's one way to put it.
0: Awesome. Well, I want to go back even further than that in those jobs. And I want to ask you about your childhood. Um, what was your childhood like, Josh? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that led you down this career path?
1: Um, I think if you want to call it that, um, I I don't know if I had a creative childhood as much as I was just kind of supported in being a weirdo. Um, <laughs> I'm from the Mississippi Delta originally, um, okay. which whenever I say that people don't know generally where that is unless so like blues music fans. <laughs>
0: oh, you didn't but, mean uh, Delta Airlines. It's okay. uh
1: it's like <laughs> it's the part of the south that like gets made fun of um on TV all the time. So mm-hmm. like um my dad was a farmer, my mom was an accountant. Um so not a lot of creativity to be had. I mean, I the school I went to had like uh I think in in the class that I before I moved um to Missouri, I think the class had like like 13 kids in it or something like that. So Mm -hmm. we're talking like really, really small small. um, town, really small town in the South. And so um, it wasn't necessarily like overly creative. Like I'm sure some of your guests are, but um, I was definitely supported in, in, and being a lot different than other kids, I guess.
0: Okay. So what was the, the moment, how did you get onto design? Did you just stumble into it because you could draw or how did you get pointed in that direction?
1: Um, I, I really, I didn't even know that you could like be a graphic designer, even like whenever I went into college for whatever reason, it just never hit me. Um, Mm -hmm. I got an, I got like a bootleg version of Photoshop. Um, I actually learned how to use it from like, um, making fake, like edited grade cards for kids Mm -hmm. in school. (laughs) And, uh, and so I learned kind of, that kind of stuff, and started to get really into um, into making computer graphics and weird stuff that way. But um, no, I, I originally went to school. I went to college for uh, entertainment business because I wanted to work in the music industry. Hmm. Um, and then that's whenever I um, whenever I graduated, uh, that was like right 2008 whenever the music industry was just ripe for not existing anymore (laughs) Um, and so um, at that point whenever I was in school I'd started to do uh, since I was in entertainment business I'd started to do a lot of design work um, for myself and for friends and stuff like that who were um, more talented musicians and and more plugged into that Mm. community than I was Um, and then sure enough uh, I figured out that I kind of had a a pretty good little talent for it and decided to go back to school for that instead
0: so you were just playing around in design on your journey to be involved in the music industry somehow
1: yeah exactly yeah i wanted to be an a and r guy in the music industry which is artists and repertoire it's the it's the people who have like the best job in the world of going and listening to live music all over the country to find mm-hmm. out what's cool. <laughs> perfect, And, uh, and so that was, um, that's what I wanted to do. But then, uh, whenever I graduated college, uh, that job doesn't really exist. So nice.
0: That job is now called, um, Spotify or yeah. Or what it's called,
1: it? Yeah. It's called somebody's basement, <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> or Twitch or what? Not Twitch. Uh, what's the one from, uh, little Nas X, the, the, uh, the platform where people dance Oh, song. I know what you're talking about.
0: Uh, I just can't remember what it was.
1: Oh, just, this makes me feel really old. Oh, well, doesn't matter.
0: Yep. For, you know that platform that the young kids are on these days. <laughs> exactly. That <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, so during this process and this transition to becoming designer out of the, you know, instead of in the music industry, was there a moment where you started noticing design out in the world, like a, a specific, you know, project or something that you saw that really lit that fire for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was always really into art, even as a kid. I was always mm-hmm. drawing and stuff. It just never really hit me. Um, but the connection between music and um, and art and skateboarding, like I'm, I'm sure for a lot of people my age, was all very intertwined with each other. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I remember um i think more than anything it wasn't it was that i was really into like finding stuff that i thought was really cool and sharing it with other people you Mm -hmm. know so i always wanted to be like a not like a tastemaker but like somebody who collected cool things and whether it was graphics or cool stickers or songs that i really liked or albums or whatever and and putting that stuff together and sharing it so like my first like, big foray into, like, oh, my God, look at how awesome this is. Where it's, like, you know, album covers, um, skate deck designs, um, you know, gig posters, movie posters, stuff like that.
0: That's cool. Yeah, some of the fun stuff, right?
1: Yeah, and just whenever I was a kid, that was that was the big thing of, like, how much of this, like, weird thing can I collect? And especially where I was from, there wasn't a lot of that around, you <laughs> know? So... Um, being able to find stuff like that was really, it was kind of my own little treasures, you know?
0: So where did you really find that kind of stuff? What sort of community did you get into where you could just started being flooded with that kind of stuff?
1: <laughs> there was no community to be had <laughs> <laughs> It was in my own little room, but I mean, like there was a record store like 30 minutes away. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, so if you'd go do like school shopping or have to get a new pair of shoes or whatever, there was a CD store that you could go and like, I would just sit in there for. You know, for as long as I possibly could and go through album covers and, um, you know, uh, and then that was kind of like right at the forefront of um, of really getting hot and heavy with the Internet, too. So you could pretty get you know, you could find pretty cool stuff pretty easily that way. But there was definitely no community. It was just (laughs) me, me being a weird kid trying to find stuff by myself, you know.
0: Yeah. So what was the first CD you ever bought?
1: 9 lives by Aerosmith, for sure.
0: Oh, nice. And that
1: uh, that album cover was was really, transform- really transformational, I guess for me. That's a Stefan Sagmeister album cover. Uh I still remember because like the whole thing folded out and it was like a repeater album cover. Mm-hmm. Um it was really weird, but um but I didn't particularly like the album. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but the design like was the good.
1: Music, but yeah, the design was sick. It was like a it was like this cat um that was on a um like a like a wheel and uh like people were like throwing it looked like it was up in uh, like a spinning wheel kind of like mm-hmm. wheel of fortune style i don't know it's really weird google it <laughs> pretty cool
0: Can't look it up my uh first cd purchase and i remember this like it was yesterday was uh will smith big Willie style
1: oh that's a good one see we we're right around the same time then. Yeah, totally. that it's a
0: great album right yeah that shortly been- followed by the presidents of the united states of america
1: Oh, yeah. I got to do a gig poster for them one time.
0: Did you really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, So, Josh, who are some of the designers and brands that you currently look up to or closely follow, and what is it about them that you like?
1: Um, I've got three big ones right Mm. now that are kind of like the main um, that I'm just like, damn, every time they post something – and that's generally Lincoln. I think everybody knows Lincoln Design Company mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, out in Portland. They're just incredible. Um, Durham Brand & Company um, over in Covington, Kentucky. Uh, I'm a big fan of Austin Dunbar's work. I just think it's really um, simplistic and grungy and mm-hmm. rad. And they do a really good job of bringing voice into the brands, um, especially their brand, and that's something that we kind of strive to do. And then the last one would be Forefathers, Forefathers Group, Um, Amir and those guys are just constantly putting out really well thought, um, branded work and, um, just really, really impressive, impressive graphics and, and story.
0: Nice. So, so is there a theme that you're sort of following along with them? or something that you see consistently, or is it just sort of a variety of things that you're interested in?
1: I guess it's a variety. I mean, I think, yeah, I think I appreciate each one for different reasons so <laughs> much. Link is just really, really, um, they have a really, really clean style, um, and the other thing that I've always appreciated about them is that there's, I think that there's like six or seven over there, maybe eight. Uh, Jordan Mahaffey is their only designer. The rest of them are pretty much illustrators, you know. And but if you see any of the work out there, you're like, oh yeah, that's Lincoln. You can't tell which one of them did it, you know. It just has that that sheen to it that um, is really impressive. Like I said, Durham, um, they kill it for me. Um, not necessarily with the graphics, which are which are their graphic use, is is phenomenal. I'm not saying that. I, I think the part that I love the most about them is kind of their um, their voice or copywriting, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then um, forefathers are just incredible all around. From there, we don't do a lot of web work, um, but uh, their web work is just fantastic. Um, Amir's illustration work is some real impressive shit to behold. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, they just they all kind of kill it for different reasons in my eyes, but they're the the big boys.
0: Well said. Um, so now I want to ask you about print and print design. Josh, I wanna hear how you have utilized print in your design career and if you have any stories around print or packaging.
1: Oh man. Yeah, I've got lots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you want to start. Um so we do we do quite a bit of packaging. So there's always print packaging. Um, you know, a lot of craft beer packaging, which is a lot of fun. Um, and then just general, a lot of we try and create these brand systems that are really, um, really expansive and have lots of different little pieces and parts. So anytime we can have a package or or a print material that um, that you know people can really like turn on all sides and interact with and find little hidden things and messages, that's where we really like to kind of um stretch our legs you know that's cool um and then we do quite a bit of i never thought that this would happen but we have somehow managed to do quite a bit of editorial work oh cool um so um not not for a lot of clients just one client specifically but we did six issues of our um of our city and regional magazine here um we did all the art direction and design for like the the features and the cover of those six and Mm -hmm. We've got, um, and those ended up going over really well and we won some awards for that. And then, um, we, uh, we've actually got some more lined up on the docket for that too. So, um, that'll be pretty fun, but that's mainly our, I mean, we've got, we we don't really do much, uh, digital work to be honest with you. The vast majority of what we do is all print.
0: Oh, very cool. So you're no stranger to press checks to heading in to look at labels and all that kind of stuff.
1: No, everything from, uh, everything from, um, you know, regular, uh, regular printing to screen printing, to letterpress, we do, we, we try and be as involved as we possibly can be.
0: That's cool. And then you become a print hoarder holding on to all that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, it's a, I, I would spin my camera around and
1: just show you the, the rat's nest that I live inside <laughs> of right now. That is, that is our office space. We, um, We've only got, we've got a pretty nice office, but I haven't done a very good job of organizing everything since we moved in. And so we have print pieces and posters and just, you know, we're collectors and hoarders. Oh, and so every, every little piece of anything that we can find, there's, you know, there's scraps of shipping tape and you know, <laughs> match books and, yeah. you know, old stamps and whatever. So
0: that's cool. Um, <laughs> So the next couple of questions I have for you, Josh, take you down part of your career that you likely or where you likely made some mistakes and learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out of you, and I'll turn it around. In the end, we will end on a happy, uh, happy spot here. Okay. Um. But what's been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging, and how did you get through it?
1: Um, I think that. It's kind of. There were two really hard parts that ended up actually going really well, um, but trying to figure out what I was supposed to do at those points were really kind of tough. The first one, um, uh, I moved to Austin, Texas, from Orlando, Florida, Mm -hmm. in like uh, I guess this would have been like 2000, maybe like 2009, 2010. Mm -hmm. I did not know a person. Um, I was dating my wife, my, well, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, um, and, uh, left her in Orlando to move to Austin. Um, and she was going to follow up after mm-hmm. she got done with school four months later. So, um, I moved to Austin, not knowing anybody, not having, uh, you know, I had kind of a, kind of a job, mm-hmm. <laughs> air quotes job lined up. Um, and, uh, and that actually worked out pretty well and carried me. Um, but it was not as much work as I was promised it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it was pretty much me in an apartment for four months with uh, a desk, my laptop, and a blow up mattress. And I did that for four months um, and just did nothing but worked, 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 and just um, on anything I could like taking Craigslist ads you know, or like <laughs> anything I could possibly do because I didn't really want to get a real job. Um, mm-hmm. But Austin was really expensive. and um, But that was pretty tough. Uh, it actually ended up working out really well because that four months that I spent, um, I really elevated myself as a designer
0: mm-hmm.
1: tenfold because I just didn't do anything else. I mean, I just sat in there and, and designed all day. Um, and then the next one would be, uh, I would probably whenever I first started at like a really big agency as an art director. Mm-hmm. Um, I just uh, it was my f- not my first like big design job, but it was my first big art direction job where I had designers underneath me mm-hmm. um, and an organization that I didn't come up in um, and really probably didn't deserve the job yet. Um, But somebody kind of believed in me and and gave me a leg up and Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't I I ended up doing really well at it and it was a great fit and everything else. But the stress of not wanting to let that person down um, and making sure that, you know, you were you were killing it at 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 every point was um, heavy. But, like I said, that ended up being kind of a blessing in disguise. I've really been lucky to not go through too much hardship in my career so,
0: uh
1: it, that, those are probably the two biggest ones
0: so when you were living on that air mattress and just hustling four months you know for that four month time, what was the sort of conclusion to that? What was the next step moving on from that
1: um You know, I did a bunch of really cool work. Um, I got to do some really cool gig posters because I was, you know, in the in the area. Um, I got really involved with screen printing at Mm -hmm. that time. Um, Austin has a really cool um, little setup called the Austin Screen Printing Co-op. Cool. um, Where you can pay like a monthly member fee, and then they have like a full screen printing shop that you can go what, like go use.
0: That's and that crazy. was,
1: that was really, really rad. And I got to be there at kind of the beginning of that. Um, and I met some really cool people that way. Eventually <clears throat> me and my wife moved away. We came back to Springfield to be with some family. Um, and we didn't think that we would stay here. Um, uh, but we got here and never left.
0: <laughs> there you go. You settled in, you grew something.
1: Yeah. It's, that was almost, uh, almost 10 years ago now. So,
0: so then going back to that first art director position, um coming into the organization fresh you hadn't been there you hadn't worked your way up to that position what was that like like what was that first day hello designer i'm your art director like how did it all like take me to that story what did that feel like what was that like i
1: didn't know what to do <laughs> because i was so used to doing everything myself and and that's definitely not the the same thing as being an art director whereas um you know you can definitely do a lot of design work but it's a lot of um of iteration with junior designers or people underneath you a lot of delegating work a lot of managing um you know photo shoots and budgets and schedules or at least that was my experience I yeah. think everybody has a little bit of a different experience with their job title whatever mm-hmm. it is um but I said that whenever I first came in I was like look I haven't done this before and he was like ah you'll be fine <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> ah, both, you'll figure it I, out and I
1: was it but I was but it was a learning curve um but everybody that's one of the great things that you know, about where I live here in Springfield. One of the reasons that I love uh, this place so much is um, people here are just kind of salt of the earth, Midwestern people with a little flair of the South. And uh, there's lots of Southern hospitality and people really, really give a shit about each other and want to see each other succeed, even in the agency world, which is rare. Um, That's cool. And so it's a really cool
0: place. So then how did you, that transition from you know, being a designer and doing the work to almost a manager position as the art director. Was that tough for you to take, you know, being a more hands off than you usually would be?
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, um, it's the best thing that ever happened to me, to be honest with you. Like, I, I kind of try and look at everything like glass half full after this kind of stuff. For but, sure. Uh but, um, yeah, it was tough. I mean, I just, I did, I had never been in an experience really to, of really having to delegate stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I wanted to keep everything to myself. Um, and whenever you're doing that much work and that high level work, I mean, you're talking, you know, multi-million dollar clients, mm-hmm. uh, you can't be fucking around, you know, you've got to have it, you have to have everything really buttoned up and you have to delegate stuff because there's just, there's too much work to be it's done. Too much. And it has to be done at such a high level that. Um, you know, you got to learn.
0: All right, Josh, now I want you to take us to a specific design or a specific project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. Um, what was that like? How did that feel? Take us to that story.
1: Uh, I felt pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, uh, okay. So I had one that sticks out because it was at that agency. Okay. Um and
0: so you were in the art oh, director role?
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Um I don't I don't think I'd got yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was working there and I had this concept. Uh so they had a brochure, right? They were it was called like a full line guide for one of their um they were a, a food manufacturer and this guide was gonna have like all of their products and all their SKUs mm-hmm. in it, right? So this is a really big deal. I mean yeah, it's for sure. it's a it's, it's a big deal for them. All their sales guys, their distributors are going to use this. And, I mean, this is an international um, food supplier. And so um, I'm like, okay, so it's my project. Um, I go through and I, like, I get these concepts ready to go and I um, – I pitched, I don't know, back then, I don't know how familiar you are with, with food photography or, or the listeners, but back then it was like a lot of like three-quarter angles that people hadn't really gotten into like the Bon Appetit style of, of photo shoots yet, where it's like lots of top-down beautiful mm-hmm. like poppy colors, everything kind of at that point in time, at least in my opinion, had this kind of like really benign sheen over everything, and so I was like, here's what I want to do. I want to have, you know, this black background and we're going to put all of this beautiful food around it. And then in the middle, we're going to do this huge hand lettered piece um, and it's going to be awesome. And so I pitch it and they're like, cool, this sounds great. Really original. We get to the photo shoot. We shoot it um, like all the way in Chicago. I pack up myself, my account person, a junior designer we go all the way to chicago from springfield shoot this thing i mean it, it's a, it's thousands of dollars worth of time and, mm-hmm. and money and photos and we get back and i put everything together and the client is just like no i hate this i don't want to do any of this <laughs> so we were like well, you already bought it <laughs> you know what do you want us to do so we had, I literally had to go through and like ref- like cut out every single piece that we had shot Try and like superimpose it on a different background. They didn't want to do the hand letter piece. So I had to go and use like regular type, all that kind of stuff. And they were like, after that, they're like, we don't like top down photography. We never want to do this again. And I actually, I bring that story up specifically because I just saw their, like, I just happened to see it somewhere, like on, I don't know, maybe on social media or something because I, you know, still, for whatever masochist reason, still follow them on social Mm -hmm. media. Um, But they, use that same layout like this and the going all the way back now to where it's like the dark background and the beautiful yeah. photography and lettering stuff in the middle and I was like oh maybe I was just a little bit ahead of my time on that um <laughs> but uh but yeah it was a real punch to the gut because it was this thing that we were all so excited about and they just kind of ripped the um and it was all like that really taught me a lesson because it was all personal taste and at that point in my career I didn't have the the chops to be able to sell it better Mm -hmm. than I did and convince them that they were, they should listen. Mm -hmm. You know, I just didn't have it then.
0: So it was Um, more like
1: it it taught me, taught me to get it real quick because that's, and and luckily I think that's one of the, the best uh, weapons in my arsenal is I can, I can sell things really, really, really well now. And, um, I think that job and and especially that project kind of kicked it into me of how important that was.
0: So you sort of went with the, you know, this is my idea. It's going to look great. And they were like, okay, sure. But you didn't back it up at the time with the why. And here's why we should do it. Here's what it's going to do for you. Um, and But that experience gave you that skill set.
1: Yeah, I think so. Or at least it told me that I needed to gain it. I mean, yeah, um, yeah that's exactly what it was. And I mean, um, and I didn't have an argument other than it's going to look great, and mm-hmm. honestly, it would have looked great, and that's really all it needed to do was look great. Yes. Um, but uh, but it taught me that sometimes you have to round off edges for people mm-hmm. uh, because they come, everybody comes with their own baggage and their own opinions, and um, it taught me that I really needed to embrace being somebody who's uh, takes themselves very, very um, seriously about this one specific thing, you know? And so like, don't. don't, I'm not saying everybody should take themselves like over seriously about this business. I mean, at the end of the day, we draw stuff for people. It's pretty tight gig, but like, um, it taught me that I did need to try and, and look at myself as a leader for those projects instead of somebody who's just supplying something pretty.
0: Got it. Yeah. Well said. Um, Josh, what is something you're struggling with in your design career right now?
1: Um, I don't know if it's so much in my design career, but in my career, um, I really, really, really enjoy the process of, of owning a business mm-hmm. and like the entrepreneurial nature of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think learning the ins and outs of that, um, without risking too much is something that I'm kind of struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a very risk-adverse person, so I'm I'm very likely to just put it on the table and say to hell with it, like, let's let's see what happens. <laughs> but whenever you have people working with you and you've got payroll and you've got, um, you know, benefits or whatever, everything else, then it takes, um, you have to be a little more patient with it and a little more thoughtful. And mm-hmm. I think that trying to figure out how to grow, Um, how to grow the business in the right way is something I'm kind of struggling with of um, well, do we hire account people? Well, account people have to be a cultural fit and they have to be a good fit for our clients. Or do we hire creative people? And well, those creative people need to be a good cultural fit. And and where do we find them? And um, so, you know, just putting together the right people um, is a struggle. And I will say, I'm really happy to be able to say this, but like the people who work for Fraud now and work with me are some of the best people I've ever worked with. And, um, I'm really, really like, I feel very lucky to have them on.
0: That's a great one. And, uh, you know, great things to say because I'm, I'm also very entrepreneurial minded and I love that side of things. I'm um, the business side of things, finding revenue, finding clients, those wins. Um, definitely love that. And you problem solving for sure which I guess it's it's, a fun gig. It's similar to design in the the problem solving aspect, but it's different at the same time. It's, it's, it's the type of problem I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. I like, I like just fidgeting with it. You know, like uh, if we devote more time to this, does it have a a different payoff or, Mm -hmm. or if we pull this in, can we create a new revenue stream or, um, you know, that kind of stuff starts to get fun to me. Um, because it's, I get to kind of utilize a different part of my brain. Um, and it, uh, you know, I, I can be somebody who just wants to, you know, drink a bunch of beer and draw all day <laughs> and make cool stuff. Yeah. I'm very comfortable being that person. Um, and I think that's probably pretty visible in the work that we create. <laughs> but, uh, but the other side of it is a lot of fun for me, too, of like the weirder and more aggressive and more brutal we can make this brand and the work that we do. Uh-huh can I get paid more and more and more for it? (laughs) And so like putting those two together is an interesting challenge and it's a lot of fun. So we're having a good time with it.
0: Got it. Um, Josh, what is one actually, you know what, before I get to that, I'm going to turn this bus around for you because I want to hear about a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of.
1: Ooh, that I'm the most proud of. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, I got a new one every day. I mean, we're only a year and a half old at, at FDC. Um, so really, like, if I think about it through that lens, um, we really do have something new every day. Uh, the mother stuff, because it's cool, like we did. Um, so whenever I left Mother's Brewing Company as their marketing director, they came with me um, as like our first big client, nice. um, which was really cool. And we rebranded, um, or not rebranded, but like we redid all their packaging and everything. And it's really nice and it helped out a lot. And, uh, so that was cool because it's kind of like hometown hero mm-hmm. beer, you know, they're the biggest one anywhere close to here. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a few other ones that have been really outstanding. Um, a lot of this, the early, early, early Scotch and Soda work we did, which is just a local bar here. Um, that one really stands out just because it's one of the very first like local kind of freelance projects I did. And this was done years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and we've updated their look since and stuff like that. But that was for a friend and that really just because of where the bar was and how successful it ended up being and because the brand is really cool and um all that kind of stuff It really kind of got my name out in the community from a brand standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really cool. Um, the St. Jones stuff that I've posted on Instagram recently, we're still working through that project. Um, that's really fun because it was the first like big one that I got to do with Gus, who's our illustrator. And we, we, um, did that project kind of hand in hand together, Mm -hmm. um, and really kind of discovered the ins and outs of working together. So I'm really proud of that. Um,
0: yeah. So I'm really uh, proud uh, of
1: everything about everything we do, I'm I'm generally really proud of.
0: And it sounds like Otherwise, all, all for <laughs> yeah, almost like all for different reasons too. You know, some of it is just working, you know, learning to collaborate better and work together better. Some of it is because it just looks really great. Some of it because it has a bit more meaning than that. So that's really good that you get that diverse um you know, diverse project base. Yeah, yeah. Um all right, what is one design product? tool website or community that you just can't live without
1: i'm really glad to get to answer this question because i think i have an original answer um that's not like illustrator or photoshop <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know i just because i've listened to a few episodes of this podcast and i haven't heard anybody say it but the uh adobe uh color plugin
0: mm-hmm.
1: um it used to be called cooler um and but now it's like part of creative cloud okay has anybody said that yet
0: no yeah there you go you're the first
1: and so the adobe color plugin like if you don't use that and save those color themes to your libraries and creative cloud uh you are missing a boat because it is awesome you can go on there and and like you can um it really helps you create color palettes um it really helps you uh see what other people are doing you can use photos to inspire color palettes and sample stuff it's it's really really cool so Mm. i would i would suggest
0: it Awesome. Josh, you've reached the point of the show for the Ask It Forward question. Um, this is where I got a question for you from my previous guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. And I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So before I get into the Ask It Forward question from my previous guest, I first want to ask you Jordan's question from Brethren Design Co. What is your, oh God. What, what is your dream bang bang?
1: Uh okay. If anybody's ever been to Nashville, Nashville's like uh or is like one of my favorite food cities. It follows very closely right behind New Orleans, which is the number one. But um if I had to pick anyone, and I know just to Sheer amount of punishment that it would do to my body, but uh, I would probably bang, bang uh, Hattie B's Nashville style hot chicken with Prince's Nashville style hot
0: chicken. Oh, back to back hot chicken. Damn. Yeah,
1: back to back, sweat it out, be miserable, you know, <laughs> put some bourbon on top of it and keep going about your day. You'll be all right.
0: Oh, brilliant. I love it. All right. So, the legit ask it forward question is from Mario Casada. He is a creative director out in Hawaii, living the hard life. Ooh. um and he wanted to ask you what is the one thing you can or what is the one thing that you do to take care of yourself your go-to wellness thing oh jesus nothing i treat my
1: body (laughs) like like a dumpster uh i've always loved uh the anthony bourdain quote of uh your body is not a temple it's a uh, amusement park um but um no i uh what do i do to take i i I uh, am a self-affirmed like family man, so mm-hmm. hanging out with my wife and kid is like just completely and totally rejuvenating. Um, so like I know tonight I'm gonna go home. We're gonna have dinner. We're gonna um, watch Monday Night Football and like hang out on the couch together. Awesome. My kid's two and a half, and like he just loves um, loves football for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And so he's just like, oh yeah, touchdown, touchdown. <laughs> it's just really <laughs> cute, and it's it's very you know it's uh it it gets my uh. Gets me back and ready to go back to work on a Tuesday. Good
0: for the soul.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I like it, uh, Josh. What's your question for the next guest?
1: All right, I think I have a pretty good one. All right. Uh, my question is: uh, red pill or blue pill? Right. Okay. So that one's going to get a little heavy. So, like, the red pill representing, you know, uh, that you you know everything, the brutal harshness of reality. Um, or the blue pill where you could just kind of live in, uh, you know, blissful ignorance of the, <laughs> of what real life is, uh, <laughs> of kind of the illusion. So, you know, I'm sure maybe back it up with the matrix reference. So if you could know everything or just live in ignorance, which one would you choose?
0: Know everything or live in ignorance. All right. I'm going to ask my, my, that question to my next guest. Josh, uh, you- I hope it goes well. <laughs> <laughs> You made it to the end of the podcast. Thanks so much for your time, man. It was great having you on here.
1: Hey, man, my pleasure. Anytime.
0: All right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I will be back on Monday, taking the weekend off as usual. But I got some good stuff already in the works. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. Cheers.